0: Hello, and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about The Goonies, a childhood favorite of mine that I can say, honestly, it does not get old for me. I really enjoy this movie, and I can watch it all the time, and it's not uncommon for it to be playing when I'm doing things around the house. So sit right back. I've done all the work for you, so you don't have to dig for obscure facts and trivia, I've taken care of that. And as most of you know, what does Chunk say? Hey, you guys. Here we go. This movie was released in 1985, and I was an eight-year-old at the time. So I was their prime target, I think, for this movie. Could not get enough of it. I wanted to desperately go on an adventure with the Goonies. Uh, There have been tons of magazines, because back in the day, there were all these teen bop and pre-teen type of magazines that uh, the Goonies were in. It was uh, made into video games. NES had some. Um, I've, I think they've had a couple of them, actually. There have been some cartoons. There have been action figures, anything that could come out of A franchise like this has come out. Um, For those that just still can't get enough, I learned uh, about 10 minutes ago, actually, that um, as of September 1st, they are going to be releasing the Goonies in 4K Ultra HD. So I'm pretty excited about that. September 1st, don't forget to get that. And um, I think Beetlejuice and Sherlock Holmes is also coming out the same day. So a lot of really great movies will be launching that day. We'll all be stuck to our our TVs for that one. But one thing I thought was kind of fun is as I was starting to put together a few things for this podcast, I found that there was a book written. And it was a book essentially based on the movie. Um, you can watch the movie while reading the book, and it's nearly verb- verbatim. Uh, the The characters are saying essentially the same thing. It gives you a little bit more detail, as books always do, but it really is a good read. It's a quick read. It was like 300 pages, I think. And my favorite part, though, was at the very end. Uh, So it came in the afterward, where they talk through, it's like a series of newspaper Headlines. That's what I imagine the original book to look like. I had it on electronic version, so I'm not sure what the original looked like, but I would imagine it would be little newspaper headlines, kind of dating. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. And I'll go through some of those things here um, in just a little bit. We'll we'll read through some of what I what I uncovered. But it uh, it was a lot of fun to read the what happened after the movie credits stopped rolling. I love how in this movie, every character is sort of like the kid that you knew. You had the the more nerdy character like Data, who is inventing things, not always successfully, but uh, Short Round or Data, um, since Indiana Jones had come out right around this time as well. So I recognize him as Short Round and... Um, you know, some of his hijinks and the the things that he tries to do, the lights that shine super bright for a minute and then poof, they're, you know, after about 30 seconds, the battery's dead. Um, and just some of the fun little things that he comes up with. Um, you know, we all have the one friend that's a little bit overweight. We have the one that's a pruner, like mouth is, always brushing his hair and, you you know, for girls, maybe it was somebody putting on makeup, or back when I was a kid, it was how high could you get those bangs. Um, and you know, then you had um, you had the girls who I felt were underused. They were there as the love interest and somebody to rescue, and and so I didn't like that. But I do like how they gave Andy um, the uh, the piano playing, the bone piano. At least it gave her something. To do, uh, Steph's character was a little underdeveloped in my opinion, um, just because she didn't have ho- a whole lot to say. Um, she was just the the best friend that was the tag along. Um, and the one the one part, if you ever watched the uncut version or the DVD when it was released when it had an extended, uh, it had the extended scenes on it. Um, when the kids end up down by the ship, Steph is attacked by an octopus. In the book, it says it's a squid, so I think it's essentially the same thing. It's probably the worst cheesy bit in this whole movie, and I'm so glad that they cut that out because it just, it was awful. Um, And watching it today, knowing how far we've come with special effects and CGI and what we could have done and what they could have made it look like, it... um, it's just really hard to remember how frightening that may have looked when I was eight versus the age I am now. Um, you know, but they had a limited budget. There wasn't there wasn't a lot that they could they they could do back then. It just wasn't created yet. Even though we had um, people like Steven Spielberg as a producer, uh, Richard Donner was the director, and I think he did a fantastic job. Um, Earlier in the pandemic, um, Josh Gad, who's been pulling in all these different movie and TV show crews and having them do these uh, Zoom calls together, it's been a lot of fun. And he did that with the Goonies recently. And every character was on there. They even had Cindy Lauper on there. But they had Richard Donner, who's in his 90s. They had um, Steven Spielberg was on there. Um, and trying to think of if there was anybody else that I'm missing but uh, they told some fun stories they reenacted some of their best lines and uh, one of the funniest things I think that they really went through was a prank that Steven Spielberg pulled on Richard Donner near the end of the filming um, he he says you know he loves the kids they did a great job but by time the shoot was done he was kind of done with the kids he had had enough. The whole cast was children and and he had just had enough of them. So Steven Spielberg said, what are you looking forward to go doing? And, you know, what what are you looking forward to now that the movie is done? He said, I can't wait to get away from those kids. So Steven Spielberg, after everything wrapped, he flew the entire crew out to Hawaii and surprised Donner in his home. When he had come back from hanging out with a neighbor, he had walked back into the house to find the entire crew of kids in his house. So Stephen just thought that was the funniest thing. I think this movie resonated so much with me when, uh, as a kid because, you know, I was all about the adventure. I was all about throwing a bunch of things together in a backpack and going away from the house all day long, go traipsing through the mud, Um My poor cousin Kim can give stories of when we would go visit my grandma's and she lived next door and I would take them on adventures all throughout the neighborhood and it was a lot of farmland back then and so we were going through woods and fields and uh, next to the creek and all over the place and I would have a backpack full of first aid supplies and anything that I thought MacGyver would need, I took along with me. And so you know that was the type of uh the type of thing that i I really connected with as a kid, so I wanted to go on this adventure. I wanted to go find Willie's pirate ship and be one of those kids running from the Fratellis. and other than that i I absolutely dislike comedies just in general um so this is one of the few it It is a comedy, but it it's not like comedy today. So um, I, I just think it's a better better version of comedy maybe. Um, so in general, I would not normally say this was a great movie, but um, it kind of ticked all the buttons for me as a kid. And um, I also like it because it's really deliciously imperfect. There are some pretty big goofs. There are things in there that maybe they left them in on purpose, maybe they didn't. You know, like there's a... When the kids are climbing the pirate ship, um, in the shadow, you can see somebody waving. And I don't know if it's supposed to be reminiscent of something else or was a crew member and then just didn't get out of the shot or what. Um, But there's there's another scene in there, too, that... um, the fertilities are all talking, and they come back home to discover the water cooler's broken, and Ma slaps the one brother, and then, it, because she does such a wide arc with her arm, she catches the headphone cord of the other actor and kind of pulls it right out, and you can see him laughing, and he gains control of himself and kind of grabs the cord, plugs it back in and keeps going on. And it's that kind of stuff that's just a lot of fun. There have been rumors for quite a few years um, about Goonies 2 or Remake and um, Steven Spielberg has said it seems like it comes around every few years and um, they start trying to get something together and then they just kind of drop it and pick it back up again and drop it. Um, there is a Goonies 2 that's been announced. It has Sean Austin, Richard Donner, and Corey Feldman, of course, attached to it right now. They're the only ones. Um, Richard Donner has said, though, that he thinks it would be too expensive to make the way that he would want to make it. So I had a couple of thoughts as I was rewatching the movie the other day. And, uh, you know, it starts with the most perfectly timed jailbreak ever. Uh, So not only does he break out of jail, they then all dive into this Jeep and they start the gas with a a shot from the gun and join a race that happens to be running along the beach and uh, are faster than every other vehicle that was actually prepared to race on the beach that day. So it's just, you know, it's like that, oh, right, sure, that's happening. Um, you know, so it starts with that. And then, you know, some other things when when they're talking about moving and, you know, it's our last weekend together and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I was thinking about the times that I've moved. Um, I'm usually living out of box by time we get to a move weekend. And There's not a single thing packed. Nobody looks like they're leaving. So I don't know if all the furniture stays and all they have to do is grab their clothes and go. Or um, was Rosita going to pack everything that one weekend? And speaking of Rosita, so the mom comes home and says, hey, she doesn't know any English. So I know you kids have had some Spanish. So who can help translate for me? Now, I've taken Spanish. I've had quite a few years of Spanish, and uh, essentially all I could come up with be beer, chicken, wine, cheese, and bathroom, and there's no way I could have translated uh, like the way mouth does. So that also was a little over-exaggerated. A couple other fun thoughts near the end of the movie, uh, that they pull out the weakest dynamite stick ever known to man when they toss it and it's just a couple of rocks that crumble down. (laughs) Um, And then Chunk says to Sloth, um, you know, you're going to come live with me now without asking anybody, namely his mom and dad. Um, And they tear up all the paperwork based on the handful of jewels that they have. Well, how much money is it worth? Do they know it covers what they need? And uh, the one that struck me today was, if you notice, all of them are wearing police, the sheriff's jackets, and they all fit perfect. So they must have had a size for everybody. So that that kind of cracked me up. Um, there's also a book that I discovered while I was doing some research that essentially mirrors the movie. And you can almost read the the book and watch the movie at the same time. And it's nearly verbatim, a little bit more detail into each character, which is to be expected in a book. It actually gives you their full names instead of just saying data. Um, but a couple of things that, that I really liked uh, near the end of the, of the book in the afterward. Um, so it, it's like what I would imagine newspaper clippings, like the headlines to be. So the first one talks about how there was a major plumbing disaster at the country club. We know who caused that. Um, and then the board of trustees for the country club was blocked in court to uh, that they couldn't take over all of those homes and kick everybody out because um, they're, they need to identify who really has the rights for it. And now Mr. Wash has the cash to be able to... Uh, buy for buy his property outright essentially, and we know that that comes from the jewels that the kids picked up. Uh, it was appraised independently, apparently, for an undisclosed amount. And then another one talks about how seven kids were missing since Saturday, but they were found wet but unharmed on a deserted beach. And they had with them a large number of high-quality precious stones, but could offer no explanation of how they came to be other than a fantastic story involving squids, pirates, and skeletons. And it it also talks about how um, another headline is, Reports of an Unusual Unmarked Ship Sighted Off the Coast. Um, that it was flying a skull and crossbones, and it eluded the Coast Guard, so they never were able to find it. And um, the country club was purchased for an undisclosed amount of cash by a group calling itself the Friends of the Goondocks, and that property would then be used for low-income housing, um And so where the golf club was, they were going to raise it, build the low-income housing, and then for the remainder of the country club, they were going to look at doing a new historical museum, a children's center, a fish market, a plumbing supply house, a Chinese restaurant, and a public access uh, invention laboratory. So something for each one of the kids and their parents. And the final one, the final piece is actually my favorite. Um, It says, so the story takes place around Halloween. And so the final one is from December 30th, and it says, Mr. and Mrs. Jerry Cohen are pleased to announce that the bar mitzvah of their recently adopted son, Jason Sloth Cohen, at Temple Beth Solomon today at 11 a.m., reception to follow at the Gundak Recreation Center. So the family did, in fact, uh, take Sloth to live with them. They adopted him as his own, and uh, then he had a bar mitzvah. So I thought that was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool story to end up with for Sloth. So he ended up uh, with a good life after that. Uh, that final scene at the beach with all the parents and the kids, for a lot of them, those uh, parents are actually their parents. So I thought that was kind of fun to, uh, to find out. Um, what else can I share with you? So the the Goonies the name comes from the area that they lived. It was called the Goondocks, and so then they just started calling themselves the Goonies, based on that uh, on that location. Um, so the movie is celebrating 35 years already, which is just hard to believe. Uh, it was the beginning of us seeing Josh Brolin as an actor, so he got his start with the Goonies. And another fun accident that they left in, which I really like, is in two cases, um, the characters call Josh Brolin by his actual name instead of his character's name. So there's one with Sean Austin, who plays his brother Mikey, and there's another with Data, and they both make the mistake. Chunk, played by Jeff Cohen, he... If you look really close during the truffle shuffle, you can see he has the chicken pox. And he was so afraid that they were going to fire him and hire somebody else in his place that he did uh, continue to go to work and he continued to act right through it. So when he lifts up his shirt, you can look on the left side there and see some of his chicken pox. Uh, he's still in the movie business, but he's not an actor. He's actually an entertainment lawyer. Um, the... Speech in the Attic, where it seems really disjointed and kind of all over the place that Sean Austin's giving, um, they got that when the director pulled him aside and gave him this uh, this real simple story and then just told him, okay, repeat it back. And so that's why it's kind of jumbled and all over the place because he was just remembering what he was told moments before. And the treasure map that the kids follow Uh, was something that Sean Austin got to take home with him. He kept it. And his mom, Patty Duke, was cleaning the house one day, found it in a corner and just thought it was a piece of trash, and she crumpled it up and tossed it away. So that map is somewhere in the landfill today. Hopefully it's biodegradable. The uh, Goonies also take place in the same universe as the Gremlins do. So when Chunk calls in to the police station telling about... Uh, You know, he just saw the Fratellis and all this kind of stuff. They um, said, well, you know, are are you pulling our leg again? Are these the little creatures that multiply when you pour water on them? So it's a direct reference to Gremlins. Steven Spielberg was the executive producer for both. um, And Chris Columbus wrote both movies. So it's not a surprise that there'd be some reference to it in there. Uh, the The massive slide that the kids go down inside the um, the cave down to get to the pirate ship was actually real and apparently after hours, people would sneak in and, and go slide down it for a while. Um, when the kids find the pirate ship he he being the director wanted their initial reaction, so he had them all. Um, keep their eyes closed and um, showed it to them. And their reaction was so genuine, actually, a lot of them swore. So he had to refilm that scene. And their second reaction is the one that's actually in the movie. And if you're paying close attention at the end, when the reporters um, put their microphone in front of Data and they asked, you know, what did you see? How was it? And he talks about the octopus, back to what I, I talked about earlier today. Um, and, uh, so that references the cut scene, but maybe we'll see that in the 4k that's coming out, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, the, the movie is just a lot of fun. I had my parents watch it for the first time last year. And, um, I do know a lot of people that have never seen it and are probably fine with never having watched such a classic But, uh, you know, things like Goonies Never Say Die. And the scene in particular around the bone piano, um, I think, shows the true Goonie spirit. Like, we make mistakes, but we keep going. We don't give up. Um, You know, we're not the best at everything on our first try, but we're going to keep going. And I think that's just a great, great theme and uh, makes it one one of my absolute favorites. So that's it for the Goonies for now. I need to make this short and sweet because I have a thunderstorm coming in, and I'm pretty sure that that's all that we'll be able to hear soon. So I want to get this uh, cut, edited, and submitted so that way you guys can give me your thoughts. I appreciate the emails that I've had about the questions. Um, still working on on finalizing those. I'll be visiting my p- folks next week, so uh, hopefully... Hopefully that all comes together in a moment of inspiration for me. Some other things that I've got in the works. um, I was thinking about doing a a Carnival Row podcast, and I wasn't sure if that should be by itself or a whole dedicated episode-by-episode Carnival um, Row-specific podcast. So let me know your thoughts on that, nerdgirlmusings at gmail.com. And uh, I'd I'd be interested to see what you guys think if you are wanting to hear Carnival Row. I don't see a lot of other people talking about it just yet, but it is super rich in detail if you know where to look for it. So um, I've had a lot of fun actually just learning about it. Um, This week also uh, Kelly Preston passed away, uh, an actor. She's the wife of John Travolta. And she happens to be in a movie that is one of my favorites, which I'll probably be talking about next is my guess, uh, Spice Camp. So it's a true 80s classic. I don't know that you can find it anywhere. I keep trying to see if it's going to be a digital release and I haven't seen anything so far. Um, I would like to take at least one podcast to talk about some of my favorite movie scores uh, the individual pieces. I wish that I could actually share the songs every time when we talk about it, but, um, at least if I can give you the list of who are my favorites and what movies they're from, uh, you guys can check them out cause they are out there everywhere. Um, and then another one would be talking about the TV show, my so-called life. And I was a huge fan of that. When I was in high school, I was about the right age. Um, And little did I know, when I grew up to be an adult, and went to my full time job, I would find a friend of mine who actually is an extra on my so called life. And so we've actually had nights where we get together, have some wine, and watch her walk around in various scenes of the show. So I thought maybe it would be fun to have her come in and uh, just chat about what that was like to be filming um, back in the '90s and what ex- her experience was on a on a TV set. So um, two books that I am also in the works on, one would be Lightning by Dean Kuntz. And the other is one called Mirror Mirror by model slash actor slash singer Cara Delevingne. Uh, that's one that I don't think a lot of people have heard of before. And the audiobook in particular is really good, um, but it is a, a very good story. And I was quite impressed that it was somebody like Cara Delevingne who also stars in Carnival Row. But um, so, just a couple of things I have in the works out there. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you'll be notified when those release. And take care. Hope everybody's safe.